the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls. Over the last few years, I have built a business that allowed me to quit my nine to five, spend more time with the ones that I love, and live my best life. Now, I'm sharing everything I learned along the way with you. Each week, my guests and I will share actionable tips, tangible advice, and honest conversations to help you build your dream business. So get ready to take notes and put in the work because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to our Leap Year special edition episode, episode 44. We are talking all about marketing strategies, healthy habits that will lead you to marketing success. This wraps up our series on healthy habits, and I thought it'd be a good wrap-up conversation because this interview is basically the end-all be-all of marketing strategies. Lee Carraher is an author and a CEO founder of a PR marketing company. She's a digital marketing expert. And through our conversation, she gives us basically the roadmap you need to build a successful business through marketing. One of the things I loved about this interview was just how open and honest and real she is. I love that she is just herself, and you can tell that that is one of the reasons why so many companies want to work with her, because she definitely brings out the best in everybody she chats with, including myself. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode, so let's jump into my interview with Lee Carraher. Hi, Lee Carraher. How are you? I'm good, Kendra. How are you? I'm so happy to be with you. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to chat with you. So I want you to start by letting everybody know who you are, what you do, and how you came into the business that you have now. Oh my goodness. Uh, So my name's Lake Carraher, and I'm a CEO, and a mom, and a wife, and a sister, uh, and a daughter, and a friend. And I am a CEO of my own company, which is called Double Forte, which is a public relations and social media firm. We're based in San Francisco. We have offices in New York. We have people all over the place, including San Francisco, I said that, Sacramento, Los Angeles, Boston, and now Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which is where I have just moved to. Um, And my agency is, uh, I think I said 17 years old. I started it because I needed to. Uh, I'm the breadwinner in my house and my husband is our uh, chief home officer and my mother had gotten sick and it was very clear that I needed the freedom to be wherever I needed to be and I needed the mechanism to uh, earn a living. So I started my business like that, uh, built on really 20 years of experience in communications and public relations. So uh, it wasn't new, but it was my own money, which was very different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, How I got into this business, you know, I have a degree in medieval history, which is very useful. (laughs) <laughs> uh, from Carlton College, which I, you know, I just love that school. And my friend Ramona, I didn't know what to do after school because my history department said, go be a historian. And the music department said, go be a singer. And I was like, well, I'm not really good at doing just one thing. And those things require just dedication, hours and hours and hours. And I thought I would not, I was so interested in those topics, but as part of a melange, not as part of the thing. Right. So my friend Ramona, I was in despair. And my friend, I think you should try PR. I'm like, what is PR? She said, well, you know, it does this and this. So I went over the job, the, the job counselor space at the college. And there was a book, what is PR? So I read it. I was like, oh, I can do that. Um, 
basically, because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. And um, I was so fortunate that I found this career so early in my, um, in my life because it is what I'm really good at. And I've been able to create this uh, company that lets me do it the way I like to do it. Um, and, you know, also put a roof over my family's head. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So wait, hold on, I'm back up. I just kind of glossed over that. Medieval history was your major? Yes. <laughs> that's so amazing. <laughs> so I, Carlin College, it's in Minnesota. It's a great school if you don't know it. Um, and I went as a pre-med. My father was is a retired cardiac surgeon. I'd worked in his labs his whole, my whole growing up. I was going to be like my dad. And then I went to college and I hated chemistry like with mm-hmm. a burning passion. I'm like, <laughs> I probably shouldn't do this for the next eight years of my life. Um, and I was taking a class as a freshman called Chaucer's England, which I failed the first, I got my first F in college in the first week of college. Um, <clears throat> there's only only F, so that's good. <laughs> but um, it was so interesting. And he, my professor, Professor Phil Niles, he had such a uh, an amazing way of teaching. And I'd always been interested in, I'm King Arthur and I already read all those books. And I was like, I was hooked that day. I was hooked when I got my F and he explained why, cause we all, we all failed. And it was oh, okay. passed. Um, so I decided to do that. Um, it was, it's Carlton's a liberal arts college and the philosophy of liberal arts is just fine. You know, learn, 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 learn. So I um, did that. And then I waited until I was, I had to declare in college, which was at the end of my sophomore year. I call my dad and I was so nervous to tell him that I declared history and medieval history. <laughs> and he said, thank God. And I'm like, what do you mean? Thank God. He goes, I don't want you to have this life. It's so terrible. You know, the, what had happened in, in medicine when I was in college, you know, it's becoming much more litigious, this, every, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. and he was very fortunate in his career. Um, you know, really not getting, I mean, just so fortunate, but to start in the medical career, you're so in debt. And, you know, he's like, he didn't want it for me. Yeah. And he didn't want me to do something for him that I thought he wanted me. To, but I said, well, you could have told me that. But anyway, I love medieval history. I still read medieval history. And basically um, people say, well, how can you, what does that do for you? Well, the study of history helps you understand, you know, articulate a point of view, mm-hmm. uh, defend, you know, identify it, defend it, identify it, articulate it, and defend it, which in public relations, social media is what you do all day long. You identify a point of view, you articulate it, and then you defend it and propagate it. So it has held me in great stead. That's amazing. So when you went into PR, you that wasn't obviously what your degree was in. So you had to be self-taught. So how did you end up finding jobs in that industry when oh you gosh. didn't have yeah. a degree in that? Well, you know, there weren't very many, uh, there were journalism, I'm that old. Kendra, just so you know. <laughs> uh, the public relations degree is relatively uh, new in academia. Uh, they didn't; ha- they had journalism degrees, communication degrees, but mostly around broadcast journalism or journalism in general. So um, here's what I did: I went. So my parents at that time lived in San Francisco. I had grown up on the East Coast. I was in the middle of the country, Minnesota. It was very chilly that year. I said, "Well, where am I going to go?" And um, I decided to go to an agency because agencies are really built, <clears throat> excuse me, agencies are really built to train. You are, they are motivated to get you better and better and better and train, 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 because the higher up you go, the more you bill mm-hmm. dollar wise. Right. 
So um, they're built for training. And I thought, well, I don't have any training. I probably shouldn't do that. As opposed to go in-house. There's just not much training in-house. Um, and then I identified four places in the country that uh, really had the most options for agencies, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Boston. My parents lived in San Francisco. They were separated at the time. They, they came back together three times. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not going into that. I was scared to death of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, it just scared, the whole idea scared me. Chicago was in the same uh, snow zone as me, and I came from Boston. So Boston, I, to Boston I went. I called my father's best friend, who I used to babysit for his kids. And, I, and he was a big, um, very you know, prominent uh, business lawyer in Boston. And I said, I want to go into PR. Um, I wonder if you could advise me and to help me get an informational interview. And he said, yes, Lee, I will. But at, you must write, I will, after you write me a letter explaining why I should. Ooh. So I did that. And then he sent it back to me full of red. He goes, this is not going to work. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so I redid it. And he said, yes, I will help you. And then he set up 13, I visited him and his family, very rare, an extra family for me. Um, and I stayed at their house for a week. And in that week, I had 13 informational interviews. Of the 13, I was offered six internships. And I took the one that paid me the most, which was in high-tech PR, which was just starting. So here I was, a medieval history major, going into high-tech PR. <laughs> and the rest is history, basically. That's wow. how I got in. And basically, you know, agencies, it turns out, you know, I got an excellent training because that's how they're built. They're built mm-hmm. to train. They're still built to train because even if you have a degree in PR, you, until you know what it feels like to get shut down 99 times out of 100, mm-hmm. you got to learn how to negotiate. You got to learn all these things. It's really a training on the job um, kind of job. Uh, and I feel so fortunate because I ended up being good at it and I actually like it. Um, and it fits my personality so well. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a lot of what entrepreneurship is, is self-taught. You know, a lot of people, most people I know who have started businesses, that's not what they went to college for, you know, and you have to be kind of motivated and and driven to learn something new 
And yeah. clearly to make a career out of it, you have kind of dove into that head first. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, right. So what was your process of going from working for another for somebody else to I'm doing this for myself? And, and what right. is it that your company does now? So um, I, my whole career was in agencies <clears throat> in Boston and then Los Angeles. And then one of my clients, Sega of America, the video game company, mm-hmm. um, of Sonic the Hedgehog fame, uh, hired <laughs> Which, me. Which, oddly in- enough, my girls have started watching on Netflix all of a sudden. Awesome. <laughs> you know what Sonic's middle name is, Kendra? Mm-mm. The. <laughs> FYI. So thank you. <laughs> and um, so they hired me as vice president of communications. So it was my first in-house job. And, um, I was there when it was a billion and a half dollar company. Um, and then when they decided to do their last hardware platform called the Dreamcast, which is such a great platform, but basically killed the company because of the economics. So I better, I, I know what's going to happen. I probably shouldn't stay for this. (laughs) And then I went back to one of my, my, one of my first jobs in Boston had expanded dramatically. Um, and they hired me to open up a San Francisco office for them. So I was there, that company got bought, uh, was part of Interpublic, which is a, uh, international media, um, behemoth. Um, and then, um, and then they said, we'd like you to start a different brand, Lee, altogether. We want you to be the president of a different brand. When I, I mean, I thought I was going for my review in six months and they, I showed up and they're like, we want you to start a new company. I'm like, is this a punishment or is this a reward? I'm not really sure. Uh, it ended up being a reward for sure. And um, I was so fortunate because I had to start a P&L, a whole company, the whole thing with someone else's money. I was so fortunate and I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes on someone else's time. I also achieved a lot for them. And I went from zero to $25 million in two and a half years. Wow. Uh, it was an upturn in the business and the economy. So I wrote, I wrote that pretty well. Then um, that company got uh, merged with another company, True North and IPG merged. And in that merger, that was in 2001. That was after the NASDAQ had imploded. And where I was, San Francisco and New York were just, you know, reeling, reeling from the NASDAQ implosion. Um, and they decided to go from 30, something like 38 brands in PR down to four. And my little company was a small, so I reported to Larry Weber, Weber Shanwick, the Weber and Weber Shanwick. And, but so when they looked at the spreadsheet of the org charts, they're like, $150 million, $500 million, $25 million. What's the, like, what's this little thing over here? So I knew that when that happened, you know, they only stayed with four brands and there's no way my brand was going to stay. The company was very generous to me. This, at this, in 2001, people were dropping like flies, you know, as the economy was like really reeling. Um, and my husband, I had two kids at that time. And we're just figuring out that my younger son has special needs. Um, uh, I'm the last, basically out of 39 people at my level, I'm the last one standing. And my husband's like, don't lose your job, don't lose your job. And I was like, okay, I won't lose my job. And um, the company was so generous to me. They offered, they kept trying to find jobs for me. Like, I was like, I don't want that job. I don't want this job. They asked me seven different positions. Wow. And finally, I took one. Uh, I took one on September 4th, 2001. And then I flew home. Uh, so a week before 9-11, I flew home on that flight. Um, and wow. when my son woke me up, he was four, three at the time. Um, I guess, yeah, three, almost four. Mommy, daddy's watching a movie and the, tel- in the 
and the flight, the plane, you know, flew into the building. And I'm like, I was so mad at my husband. I'm like, we have a rule, no violence. <laughs> so I got up, I was fuming and I ran into the TV room. My husband's asleep with the other baby like this, you know, he's not even watching. And I watched the second plane go in. Wow. And obviously there was a huge moment in time. And, um, you know, so, um, it's a very long story needs a cocktail, but, um, in the end I was, I had been on the same plane, one of those planes a uh, week before I didn't like my job. I was so, I was going to have to travel over 200,000 miles a year because that's the job I had taken. Mm-hmm. And wow, it really just, I was like, I'm not doing this. And yeah. so two days later, I exercised my contract. Uh, I had a six week out. I had a very generous contract. My boss was very, so generous to me. So I was going to take a whole year off. That was my goal and figure out my son. We had just figured out what was going, you know, oh my gosh, he's got special needs. He's behind all the stuff. And um, I was going to, I'd never taken a vacation ever really over two weeks since my honeymoon. Um, so I was going to take a whole year off. Well, I did hot yoga for 72 days in a row, which was awesome. And that takes a long time for an Irish girl like me. So that was good. That took up some time. <laughs> and then I organized my house. It was pristine. I had a laundry system. I had sock systems. I had the whole thing. And, uh, I labeled everything. Um, and then we spent probably four or five hours a day trying to, you know, on my son, like doing the research, talking to doctors, talking to therapists, going to all this stuff. Still a lot of time on my hands. So then I started crafting. And that's when my husband said, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> that's enough. It was wrong when I asked for, I really like a book about flower arranging for Christmas. Because I really <laughs> so appreciate good flower arranging and I can't do it. Yeah. And he said, okay. Um, anyway, so we had enough money uh, because of my contract to last the whole year. But then we had, so that was happening, right? So basically I'm becoming an alter ego. And um, then we had termites. Then we had to replace our heating system. So almost two thirds of that money was got stuck into the house. That and you know when you spend money on a house, you know it doesn't look any different. Ugh. Yeah, it's so frustrating. So frustrating. <laughs> and then one day, um, there's a long story, but one day I had this sock moment <clears throat> where I said to my husband, <clears throat> "Excuse me, what is this single sock doing? What?" And he's like, "If you don't go back to work now, we are not going to make it." <laughs> So I said, oh, you're probably right. So I started looking for work like the one I'd had at Sega. And I was between two jobs. And um, my mom got sick. My mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And she was given three months to live. So I, she called me in the morning. I got on a plane. I was there by the evening. And it was very crystal clear that I could not take either of these positions because I would not be able to take those positions and be with my mother in the last three years of her life. No, you're fine. Hopefully you're editing. <laughs> um, and just crystal curl moment. I'm going to have to start my own company because yeah. um, I need to have one. I'm the breadwinner, like I said, and I need to have the flexibility to be where I need to be. My sisters at that time were not as, um, didn't have as much freedom financially or work-wise as I did. Mm-hmm. So it was very clear that I was going to, I might be just the one, right? So um, that's when I started my company. Yeah, that's a very long story. No, it's a great story. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about marketing. Yeah. Because I know a lot of the ladies listening today, that's their big question is, okay, Mm. what do I do? You know, here I am. 
a one person, one man show, and I'm trying to attract clients in my business. So I know that you work with, you know, on a larger scale, but yeah. kind of scaling it down, I feel like it's same all kind of the same. Yeah, same thing. So share with us some of your like go-to marketing tips. Sure. So I think first of all, when you're in a business, no matter how, how big the size is, is what, it, what are you about? Like, why do you exist? Why does the, why does the business exist? Not how why you, it's good if you know why you personally exist, if you know what your purpose is. <laughs> and if you can align those with your business, it's even better. But like, why does your company exist? What need does it fill? How is it different? Really understand where you sit in your market. Your market could be online, it could be the whole world, or it could just be in your neighborhood, you know, whatever it is. But what is the value you bring? What's your difference? And how will the world be better because you're in business? Write all those things down. Seriously. It could be a scrapbooking business. It doesn't matter. Every business has a purpose. Every business should be able to make the world better. Do you you have any advice on like how how women or how people can figure that out? Because I think that's really kind of this broad idea, you know, I think, I know I'd heard a lot, like, well, what is it that, that you provide? Like, what is like for me with my photography business, you know, Mm -hmm. on the surface level, I was like, well, I provide people with photos. How do you, Mm -hmm. or do you have advice for how to go deeper than that? Yeah. How to figure out that next level? You know what I can do, Kendra? I will send you a worksheet. Okay. And you can send it to your users. How about your listeners, if you'd like, or um, whatever you want to do, I will send you a worksheet and you know, a worksheet helps you. Um, uh, do this. And there's also, well, we could talk about it separately, but I will send you a worksheet. Right? Okay. So, but you really want to think about what are the words, you know, if someone said, Kendra, well, here, let's just talk about you. Okay. <laughs> so your photography business, mm-hmm. what do you specialize in? Weddings and boudoir. Weddings and boudoir. And what do you do differently than the people? And obviously your work is local because you mm-hmm. can't go everywhere. I assume you, right. you don't travel. Uh, not really, no. Not really too much. No. So what do you do differently than other people in the Dallas area? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers. Are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. 
and there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Well, with my boudoir, which is kind of my my number one, mm-hmm. um, I am an all-in-one, one-stop kind of thing. So they come in, it's same day. They get to have like a whole pampering experience. Mm-hmm. They get to see their images right away. There's no waiting and coming back. And I provide products that a lot of the other photographers don't offer as far as high-end albums and mm-hmm. uh, prints and wall arts, things like that. But mostly and, it's the experience they get. Yeah. And these women... Are there men too? Mostly women. All women. Okay. Uh, I'm from San Francisco. You have to ask. You never know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and are these women doing it for themselves? Or are they doing it for a partner? What are they doing it for? Is it a gift? They're going to say it's a gift, but they're really doing it for themselves. Okay. And um, what do they say about your experience? That it, it helps them to realize how beautiful they are and to see themselves the way that other people see them. Okay. That is what you're selling. You're not selling a photo. You are selling the power of, um, of self-love, right? You're the power of understanding how powerful we all are individually. And if it's boudoir, it's probably uh, maybe a range of sexuality Mm -hmm. um, there, but you know, women's confidence and sexuality, even for people who look like they're oversexed is so low. Mm-hmm. We are just, and you know, if you're a mom and you're older, my gosh, you are selling people, you are, what you are providing to these women is confidence and uh, self-worth, right? Yeah. And you probably wouldn't want to say it that way, right? But, you know, people who they're so excited, they think they're buying a photo and they're so excited about the experience. That is what you just have to sell the experience, right? Yeah. Right. And so yeah. the words, those kinds of things, um, see, see yourself like the world does see yourself like your partner does see whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so really understanding the motivation there. Right. And it, on a wedding, you know, capturing the most important thing you can do for a wedding is have photos period. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Period. I tell all the women who work for me, you know, they're all the, and this cake is going to cost $10,000. I'm like, you're crazy. Put all that money on photography. Right. <laughs> the cake goes bad. Yeah. Photography doesn't. Right. Yep. Um, and capturing the moment is not just about the couple, right? Capturing the moment is about all the excitement of the people mm-hmm. who are there with love for this day and this hope, this hope that this couple will uh, last and this couple will, you know, um, you know, with their love be better in the world, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. So when you understand what motivates you, so you are obviously motivated by helping these women see themselves. Yes, definitely. Like, why does this woman keep beating up on herself, right? Mm -hmm. Why, 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 right? Um, So understanding those kinds of things, like why are you motivated? And then making sure that you use kinds of words that, I think empowerment is a a really overused word, Mm -hmm. but what what makes you different? What makes you different? You um, You know, I keep my own photo in my wallet. It reminds me that I'm powerful. It reminds me that I'm beautiful. It reminds me that people love me. It reminds me that I don't have to have people love me. Whatever it is, right? right yeah. That kind of thing. So just figure out what it is that's motivating you and what it is that people are going to get from you. Yeah. It could be a cookie. You could, it could be a cookie thing, right? <laughs> it could be a laundry business, whatever it is. 
you know, it was a laundry business that helps, you know, people like me, like actually have clean laundry and not panic because I have no clean underwear in the house. Mm-hmm. What a service, right? So really figure out what it is you're bringing to the world. Um, and what are the words? What are the words you want people to say about you? If you think about what you'd like people to say about you, that really helps. Yeah. I want people to say that, um, uh, it was unexpected. I want people to say that couldn't live without it. I want to see people to say the best service ever. I want people to say, thank God I spent the money on my photography. I want people to say whatever it is. So right, yeah. spend some time, journal this out. Like what are the things you want people to say about you? This is actually a great exercise to do as a group too. If you have, um, you know, friends who are in businesses mm-hmm. or you friends who are like, are trying to you know, people, you know, all of us who have our own business, if we have friends who are like, how can I help you? Well, let me tell you how you can help me. Yeah. Would you please, I'm going to host a dinner or a cocktail or whatever it is. And, and here's how you can help me. We're going to work some worksheets and the worksheets are going to be, what would you say about me? Why would you come to my business? Why wouldn't you come to my business? I would like the good stuff and the bad stuff mm-hmm. too. Right. And, um, and tell your friends not to be nice, right. Tell your friends to be honest um, because, you know, if your friends can't tell you stuff, who can? Right. You don't yeah. want to hear it from people you don't know, right? So, but that's how people can help you. Like, figure out these words, right? What do you want it to be? Um, and uh, that's the most important thing you can do in this whole process. Is like, what are people going to get? What do I stand for? What is the service I'm delivering? What is the experience delivered? And what do I want people to say, right, about me and my business? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do all those things at the front end, again, I'm going to send you a worksheet, um, don't do any marketing before you figure those things out because right. marketing is hard. And most of us people who have businesses are not marketers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I have two books and I have a whole other business around my speaking. I'm the worst marketer in the world for myself, truly. But for other people, I'm awesome. So, um, you know, do that work first. It's hard, uh, but it's, you, it will pay off in dividends, right? And then, um, Okay, so now for you, photography, you uh, obviously you're in a competitive business and you have one occasion, which is the wedding, and then later in life. And how old are the how old are the women who come to you for the boudoir? Like full range? Um, mostly 30s. Usually it's moms 30s. who are done having kids and they want to get yeah. back to themselves. <laughs> okay, so perfect, right? So now you're talking about sort of 34 to 44 year olds, Mm -hmm. probably right in there. Yes. So that helps you one. Okay. Where are those ladies, right? Mm -hmm. They're in mom's groups. Mm -hmm. They are in working mother's groups. They're in, in, they're in uh, professional women's groups. They're in PTAs or whatever they're called, right? That's, Mm -hmm. you know, they're in spin class. Hopefully they're in a walking class. They're at Weight Watchers or wherever they are, right? Right. Yeah. Figure out where they are. Um, and don't spend any time on any dollar or any moment of time because your time is as valuable as your money. And that's really what's hard for people to remember. Uh, your time is as valuable as your money. That, so where are those people, right? And then, you're, you know, from a who's getting married perspective, very easy to identify, right? right? That's easier than the boudoir business, I assume. Yes. Um, to identify where the people are, right? But where are they, Right. How far do you want to travel? Do they come to you or do you go to them? They come to me. They come to you. So basically, what, 40 mile radius from your home yeah, or well, your you know, business? Being in the Dallas area, it's probably more like 60 just 60, because it's yeah, such a big area. But yeah. And it could be, you know, people could come in from 60 miles, spend a weekend or spend two days, do shopping, do this. Come, You know, you could spend, mm-hmm. you could actually whip up a whole, like spend the week or whatever it is. Yeah. 
anyway, so where are they? And then, um, so, and then what, what are you tapping into? You're tapping into, I'm done having kids. I feel ragged. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel as I'm tired. I'm taking care of everybody else. I'm working my butt off at work. I'm working my butt off at home. My husband is this, or my partner is that, or whatever it is. And wait a second, you know, pe- this is when people start realizing, holy crap, is there more in life? Mm-hmm. Been there, right? Yeah. Been there. Yep. Um, so, like, where, what are the things that you could tap into? So, one, it could be, um, uh, and this just identify what those groups are, right? So, on Facebook, Facebook is awesome for you probably. Mm-hmm. And Instagram is so important for you because it's visual, right? Yes. Um, and probably Pinterest for you too. Those three places from a social media perspective. But then print, like for you, for print, local print, meaning local, uh, maybe not the Dallas Morning News, but the local newspaper in the, little, in the, in the small towns. Mm-hmm. I mean, A, it's much cheaper, right? Yeah. But everybody reads those things. Everybody reads those things. And then if there's a parenting magazine, everybody reads those too, right? So like, where are they, right? And then right. if it's, um, maybe there's a, you have a book. Um, you might have a book. So I would say probably Brene Brown. She's in your, she's in Houston, yep. right? So Brene Brown is all about what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other people who are all about your talking about. I'm just, I just read her book. Um, she's amazing. I just read her book, <laughs> the, the Gift of Imperfection. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is great. Um, so maybe Brene Brown comes out with a book or she, and you take that book, right. And you're like, this is what I'm about. And I'm just projecting onto you. So, yeah, no, you're right. But this, yeah. You know, Brene Brown has this book and you could use, you know, social media for a month around Brene Brown's whatever imperfection book and say, you know, if you're feeling this, here's something for you. Mm-hmm. And then you could tack it in with, you know, your customers who've had um, that kind of experience, right? Yeah. So you always want to find things to leverage too. So I know I'm talking about lots of different things, but first you figure out who you are, then you figure out where are the people, and then mm-hmm. you figure out how am I going to spend my time? Now, third, the most important piece in marketing is your email list. The yeah. most important thing is your email list. And the reason that is, is because you own it. Your, your, I'm sorry, your website and your email list. Mm-hmm. website and email list because you own them no one can change an algorithm on you no one can say oh you're a business start paying me money so you can show up in a feed mm-hmm. most important thing you can do is do your website and your email list um, and then how do you drive those things right so an email is um I mean, MailChimp, whatever you're going to use. I like MailChimp for small companies, but there's lots of options, right? I don't know what you use, Kendra. But, you know, you start with two people on your your email list, right? And you're driving people to your website. So having a blog or having a podcast or having something on your website that is continually being updated. If you're a photographer, it could be a new... It could be a new shoot. It could be more, you know, here's my last stuff, right? Or here's the last, you know, the last, you could, you could say in my last six months, I had uh, five women who would just had their second child, or I had four women who just had a hysterectomy, or I had three, whatever it is, right? You take a look at who you have and then you blog about it, right? Four mm-hmm. women who just had a hysterectomy. And um, I was so happy that they came in. I was so happy that I was able to give them this experience because, you know, having had a hysterectomy, full disclosure, you know, you lose this part of your body. I was very happy to lose that part of my body <laughs> when it was losing. But then afterwards, it's like, oh, wow, wow. 
as different, right? Yeah. And it does take some stuff away from you. It takes a lot of your hormones away. It takes a lot of stuff. And sort of being able to reconnect with being a woman who doesn't have the engine anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, what if you had that? I mean, I'm just yeah. giving stuff up, right? And so that could be a whole blog, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have a blog and you're talking about stuff, showing your work, giving a point of view, connecting dots, it doesn't be very long. Um, this podcast is probably great for you. You can turn every podcast into a blog if you want. Yep. Then um, post it up and then you send it out to your email. So mm-hmm. every time you're doing that, someone will send it along. Every, and every time you have a customer, you add them to your email list, right? Yep. And that's the most important thing you can do. Your website, where you're constantly bringing your point of view through a blog or a podcast or whatever it is, it's constantly being updated. And do it, does it every day? No, you have to do it every day. Every week? Every week would be good, right? If right. you can do something every week, but start with every month, right? Just start with 12 months. In 12 months of your business, take a look at the year. So from January to December, what happens in the year for that it relevant to your business? So uh, for you, probably New Year's is a big time when people get engaged. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Valentine's Day. Then it's the, the then it's like uh, spring wedding season, like mm-hmm. getting ready for your wedding, right? So yep. you can look at the whole year and say. What do I need? Where do I need to be? What, what do I need to bring to the, be generous with my wisdom. This is the next piece. If you can be generous with your wisdom, just give away your advice, right? You could give away, it's like Coca-Cola. They could give away their, um, their recipe. It doesn't really matter. No one's ever going to be Coca-Cola, right? Yep. It doesn't matter if it tastes better. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you're generous with your wisdom, um, how can I be generous with my wisdom? And just think about having a blog or a podcast once a month for the first year and then take a look at the calendar and what makes most sense. Like what makes most sense over the course of the year? You could actually type in, you can Google um, national awareness days Mm -hmm. um, and you see what pops up and it could be national cookie day, whatever it is, right? See what makes sense for your business. Um, You could go uh, for your calendar, you know, January, February makes sense, March for the spring, spring wedding things. And then it's wedding season. Um, And then back to school could be a big time for you because you know, they've been had their kids all home all summer, <laughs> working hard, right? Ship and then them off and do something for yourself. And do something for yourself, yeah. right? That can be back to school for you. But then you have months you don't know what to do with, right? So type in National Awareness Days and find some things for the months that you don't have anything in your calendar for. And this, this is now the time. I don't know when this is going to publish, um, Kendra, but right now, take the next two weeks and just figure it out. Just get a big calendar, blank calendar, figure out what makes the most sense, right? So just commit yourself to one blog a month. If you can get to two blogs a month, awesome. Once a week, that's what your goal is ultimately, but don't try to do it right out of the gate. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Don't try, you'll get overwhelmed. Right? Yeah. So then, am I helping? I hope. No, I'm this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. I hope I'm helping. So, um, so the, again, the most important thing is your email list, driving people back to your website. So when you do an email, don't just give the whole story, right? Don't just repurpose your blog and put it in as an email. No, no, do it as a, here's the latest blog. And you give the first paragraph and you say, read more. And with a click, and that click goes back to your, a link, that link goes back to your website. So you're driving people back to your website. Again, the most important asset you have, right? Because that's where everything you do is there. Everything you stand for is there. And so that's why it's so important to say what you stand for at the beginning, because you're going to be driving everybody to your website, right? Um, in print, so then, you, you, you know, when you go out into the world, you want to have print materials. Everyone, 
you know, I'm a big fan of mail, a big fan of um, snail mail, right? Okay. And I can't reach it right now, but I have my own stationery that when I meet somebody, I, every time I meet a person, so Kendra, you'll get this from me soon, I put a thank you note in the mail. I put my business card in the mail and I say, I'm so happy to meet with you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. If I can help you at any time, right? Here's my card, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I don't know if all your guests do that. I'm going to guess not um, based on my experience being a podcast yeah, no. uh, guest. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how I get invited back. I get invited back because, oh yeah, Lee, God, I have a hole in my schedule. Maybe I'll call her, right? Yeah, that's amazing. So that kind of thing, that personal touch goes so far, goes mm-hmm. so far. So when you're out in the world, right, you go to a conference, you go, and everybody hates networking. I don't know. So I'm in public relations. I don't know a soul <laughs> in public relations who likes to network. Seriously. I've been doing this for a long time. Everyone hates networking, but you got to get out there. People have yep. to see your face. You have to be places, right? So choose one a month. Okay? It's a lot about scheduling people. Get that big calendar. Choose one thing a month you're going to do. You're going to go into the world and you're going to actually have a, you know, make a postcard. Uh, Vista Print's great. Moo.com mm-hmm. um, is great. There are lots of great services, but make a postcard. You could do it on Shutterfly, right? Make it look good. Have it be shiny, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you can afford someone to do it for you, have someone. Uh, Canva is a uh, great. The best. Canva, use Canva and use really good images. Go to iStock, um, iStockphotos.com and use good images um, for editorial. Buy the editorial, not the commercial because you're not mm-hmm. selling the images. Um, you know that better than anybody. So, um, you know, create something you're going to give away, create nice cards, um, use both sides of the card, right? And it's, it's good to pay, it's good to pay the extra $20, the extra $30 for the thicker cards because people, mm-hmm. oh, I like your card. And women are really good at this, right? Seriously. And the ones oh, that are like nice. the, the soft touch ones, if they feel yeah. nice in your hand, they're going to hold on to it. They're going to hold on. Yeah. Everything that people touch says something about you. So it is better to give three cards away that feel good or have exactly what you want on them than it is to give away 40 cards that are crap, mm-hmm. right? So you go out in the world, you're going to go to a conference and your goal, make your goals small. Make your goals small because you can achieve those goals. Nothing's worse than going, I don't want to get anything done because I was going to meet 100 people because I was going to create 500 leads, whatever it is. No, right? You're going to go to a women's networking thing. Um, Maybe there's a women who work together, you know, these kinds of groups. Maybe you're in a mastermind group, whatever it is, you're going to go. And your only goal is to meet three people. It doesn't have to be people who um, need your service, mm-hmm. but meet three people. And, and then, um, I, and who do you want to meet, right? So you're looking at the event and you say, okay, this is an event for, um, okay, this is an event for women who are going to get married, right? Mm-hmm. This is a wedding bridal thing with your First of all, is that a gauntlet or what? But um, <laughs> that's a gauntlet, man. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, my goodness. That's a gauntlet. Um, so maybe you don't spend your time there because it's so a gauntlet. But there it would be, you're just going to, how are you going to look different? You just want to meet three people um, who may just pass your card along mm-hmm. and then who you're going to send a little note to. So great to meet you at the show. You know, here's my card. If you feel, you know, happy to be, you know, happy to give a consult to anybody, blah, blah, blah kind of stuff, whatever it is. So more you're generous and just have one goal, three people, right? Or if you're going to a networking event and it's like, okay, this is a women's networking event in wherever you live. 
um, you look at who's coming or you look at the purpose, right? And I want to meet, so whenever I go to a networking event, I want to meet a person I want to hire. I want to meet uh, a company I want to partner with. And I want to meet a potential client, right? <laughs> Those are the three things I always want to meet. A potential uh, person I want to hire, a potential client, and a company I want to partner with. So if I get stuck, right, I, I tend to attract these people who just want to talk to me. I just say, you know, I'm so happy to meet you. Um, I'm actually here to meet a photographer. Do you know any photographers? Can you introduce me? And so oh, one, smart. I can divorce myself from this um, person. Right. right? <laughs> and they can help me. And then I say, oh, and who are you here to meet? How can I help you? Right. And that means you don't get stuck, but you go in with mm-hmm. a goal of three. And then when you're done, if you're, you know, leave a party when you're still having fun. Get your done and leave, right? Because, you know, there is a diminishing return on those things. And people who stay latest to those things are the organizers. They have to. <laughs> don't. Unless right. you're the organizer, you don't have to stay. Um, but it's still functional for you, right? So if, you're, if your goal is every month I'm going to go to one thing, every time I go to one thing, I'm going to meet three people, right? You will have met 36 people who can help your business in one year. I love that. You have to have goals, right? KPIs, key performance indicators, because you can spend a lot of money on Facebook ads. You can spend a lot of money on this stuff and like you have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. You want to get really narrow, really specific things that share your wisdom generously, but that aren't onerous, that get you out into the world with purpose, right? That represent you the way you want to be represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it is better to do one thing so well than it is to do 12 things that suck. Yeah. Because the 12 things that suck, people remember them what sucks. Yeah. Oh, no, that was pretty cheap. Like if you were a photographer and you gave out a card that didn't have a photo on it, or you had stuff that didn't have any photos on it, like, why would I have, I can't see their work, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, but it's funny because I've seen, I mean, I know photographers who do that. I know photographers who have given me their card at conferences or at different events I've gone to. And it's just this little, you know, it's a square and it's got their logo on it and it's got their information on it. I'm like, I don't know what you do. <laughs> you I know, mean, the front could be sense. that turn it over and make it into a collage. Right, right. Yeah. You know, something. Yeah. Um, everything you do needs to deliver your message. Um, and particularly for small businesses, it's hard. What is the image that you want people to remember? I really advise you not to use your own photo. Okay. But a lot of women use their own fo- Well, for you, your photographer, that'd be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, here's me. And they have the white shirt. <laughs> you know you know what I'm yes. talking about, right? Yep. And they have the hands on the hips and they're like, hi. <laughs> There's a thousand women with the same photo, right? Um, Really want to think about what is the, you know, how do you talk about your service? So you might on the back use it as a testimonial, just put a testimonial there. Or you might um, have a picture of your book, or you might have a picture of um, uh, several different pictures of your um, cookies or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? So the front can be very plain. You don't don't make it, you know, this is a terrible word, classy, right? You want it to be, you want it to be clean and represent you, Mm -hmm. but the back you know, it may only be two by three. That's a lot of real estate in today's world. Yeah. So what do you do in the back that's going to show you what you do? And I wish I had my card here. Do I? Yes, I do. Okay. So here's my card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just moved to Eau Claire. So it says, Lee Carraher, President and CEO of my phone number. And then it says, San Francisco, New York, Eau Claire. <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> and the back is my company logo. And then it says, author, speaker, 
So I'm at Positive Corporate Culture Multigenerational Work and my other website. So this is my company website. This is my other website. Nice. So in this, you know that you know what I do. Yeah. Right? It's pretty small. Yeah. Um, but use every inch, you know, mm-hmm. and white space is important. So when I say use every inch, I mean use every inch of the design. And this is where using Canva or um, that kind of thing can really help you. All right. So now you have a schedule. Now you're blogging once a month. Now you're going out into the world once a month and meeting three people. So you've added 36 people to your uh, email list, right? So you had 100% mm-hmm. growth, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when you... Um, things that you're going to put into your email. So once a month email, just start with once a month email. And if you're doing a blog, what I would do is the email the next week, right? So then you okay. can refer back to the blog. So you don't have to do everything at the same time. Right. Right. But do the email. Um, you can, you can create it all. I really believe we're in batch processing. Mm-hmm. So here's my blog. I'm going to have an email. I'm going to put that into, you know, I'm going to write an email, but have it go out a different day. Because if you have everything go the same day, then you're like, then the whole the month goes by. Right. Then um, what are the social media channels you want to be on? So um, uh, depends where you, what you're in. But for you, for, for instance, I would say Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, right? Yep. Um, and if you are, uh, if you're heavy into, if you're a thought leader in the situation, you're writing books and articles, long as stuff, you could use Twitter, but I don't think those are as useful for you. No. Twitter, I'm sorry, Facebook, Instagram, Twi- um, and Pinterest. So this is where Canva is really good. Uh, Canva lets you um, create an image and then resize it into this. You want to make sure that the photos you use in those three places actually are in the format that those three different um, platforms uh, favor, right? Because mm-hmm. if you just use the same image across all three, it'll only show well once, right? Yeah. Um, so create, what are, what is the post? What is the post I'm going to do based on that blog? Okay. So you got write your blog. Then what's the post, uh, what's the image you're going to use on the blog? You always want to have an image on the blog. Then what do you, how are you going to turn that into a, a Twitter? I'm sorry, Facebook, Instagram, and, and Pinterest post. All right. So then you go into Canva, you put it into Canva, you resize it, right? Then you automate this stuff. So you can automate this, um, either two ways. One, um, in each of the f- formats. So go into f- Facebook and use the, the tools, or you can use a tool like Hootsuite. There are lots of different tools mm-hmm. where you connect all these things. It's, it's like 20 bucks a month and you can just program it, right? right? So you might spend five hours on this a week or even a month, frankly, write the blog, do all the stuff and then mm-hmm. program it out and let it go. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you program the timing so Instagram, you only want one post. Facebook, you only want one post. Pinterest, you can put it into lots of boards, right? But, you know, focus on three boards at the first time. You don't want just one board uh, as a, you know, three boards. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you just want to build it over time. And everything, what's everything doing? Driving back to your website. website so the link yeah. you're going to put in everything comes back to your website. Link in bio, link in bio, all that kind of stuff comes back to your website. And that way, um, as people find you and using hashtags and all that kind of stuff, and that's a whole other conversation. Right. But how do people find you? And then um, encouraging your customers to say good things, right? Tag this. That was a lot of conversation. I'm so sorry. No, that was so good. Well, and no, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I love, you know, 
those are all things that I 1000% believe in for my own business. Those are all things I do with my own business. You know, I take, you're talking about like the, you know, taking the, the blog content. So for me, it's this podcast. Mm-hmm. I take this yeah. podcast, I grab, I, tra- I, I transcribe it. I turn it into a blog mm-hmm. post. I grab quotes and bits and pieces. Yes. I turn it into social media content Perfect. and I, you know, an email teaser and I do all these things. And of course I'm doing it on a weekly basis, but yeah, you know, for someone who's just starting out, it's, it's really not as difficult as it sounds yeah. once you it's overwhelming start. Once you start. Right. When you start. But when you take that first step, and like you said, you get the big calendar and you decide, okay, one month. And you could even have like the, on the first week of the month, the blog post goes down. Yes. On the second week, I'm going to have my email. Then I'm in the right. third week, I'm going to have, you know, my Instagram. And then my fourth week, I'm going to have my Pinterest and right. Facebook or whatever. And you break it up that way you know, it's so much more doable. So, so much more doable. Yeah. And if you batch process, so you do, you, you create that one piece of content. So you have this podcast and then do you use your own transcript? Do you use an automated transcription service? I use automated, but then I go in and I, and I read through it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so cheap now. I mean, it used to cost a zillion dollars. Now you can get it done for less than $10, you know? Yeah. Um, So you've created a blog. So, I mean, a podcast is, is a ton of work, ladies but it is the gift that keeps on giving. It is the gift that keeps on giving because um, it generates a blog. It generates this podcast. It generates all these quotes, all this kind of stuff. Right. And you have the gift. So if you can batch process it, because this is not your business. If you're not in the world of marketing, this is not your business, right? Right. You have to have this function to move your business. So you Mm -hmm. have to figure out how to maximize your efficiency in this time. So if you can dedicate a chunk, put a chunk of time, on every, on every week mm-hmm. for marketing and just don't let anyone interrupt you, right? Get the podcast done, get the blog done, get the photo, all that stuff. And then just program it into email. You can do it early and then just make a date. Like you choose the date, send this out next Tuesday. In terms of, um, excuse me, in terms of uh, emails, Tuesday and Wednesday are the best days to send emails out in the okay. morning. Okay. Um, in terms of Facebook, either early morning or late, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock. That's the, when you want to do it. It's when mm-hmm. women have time to look yes. at Facebook, right? Yep. Pinterest doesn't matter. Pinterest, you could, uh, Pinterest, what you want to do is five, five posts, five pins at a time and just put them up five pins at a time and then just keep building the library over time. Right. Okay. And Instagram, it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter what time it is. More important on Instagram is that you choose something, how it's going to look, and you stick to those guidelines. So one thing you could do is say, if you have a logo, what are the colors of your logo? And then there are tools to say, okay, you, and I can send this to you, Kendra, but okay, my logo has three colors and it's purple, gold, and green. So maybe you say your Instagram is going to be purple, green, and yellow hues. Mm-hmm. And then you can go into, um, when you're searching for images, um, if you're creating your images, you want to use those three hues in different, um, in different, uh, tra- you know, different depths, mm-hmm. right? So dark purple, light purple, dark gold, light gold, the kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you're using images or iStock photos or creating images, you can, in online, you can search for, you know, I want to do a picture of, um, maybe you want a picture, I don't really recommend this, but maybe you're doing a picture of a heart, right? Your hand is mm-hmm. a heart, but you want it to be red. We'll just yeah. put in hand and heart red in iStock and it will show you only the ones that would fit your color palette. Yeah. These are simple things to do that you don't think about if you don't know about, right? Right. Um, and the simpler, the better. And that's why I say 
just do one, just do one a month. So I take that big calendar four hours a week. You actually don't probably need that much time for once a month. Yeah. But, um, and then just batch process the crap out of it. Right. Yeah. And in the end, your goal is everything grabs your email list. So at the top of your blog, you want to have a drop down that says, um, it's from Sumo. Um, you, you can just plug in this in to your, depending on your, uh, what the format is, but it drops in. You want to join it. It doesn't show up when you first go onto the website, but it drops after you've been there for 10, 15 seconds. And it says, join our newsletter. Right. And then the newsletter you could have a slash sale just for your newsletter, mm-hmm. right? Um, which you put into this dropdown. We're having a flash sale. Anybody who a return, you could even say um, returners 20% off. Or um, if you're a customer, buy one, get one. Or whatever, you know, beat both, right, yeah. whatever it is. So, I mean, that's where you can use a lot of, because you're, again, driving people to your website. That's where you can use those tools. And it doesn't have to generate a lot of, business it has to generate interest yeah because that's the awareness it's very seldom that you're going to advertise or do a blog right when exactly when the customer needs it right Right. very seldom so just how do you keep the how do you keep top of mind oh yeah i had the code oh yeah i had this thing Mm -hmm. just you know that kind of i love the the email capture like and that's that's my one thing if i could go back and like to give myself advice when i first started my business it would be start an email list sooner Mm -hmm. because i didn't know you know i didn't know any different and Mm -hmm. at the time i didn't have like a mailchimp i just had my gmail account i was like how do you even do an email list in gmail that's so frustrating you know so you know (laughs) type in all the emails and so i wish i had known earlier but i've found that i use convertkit right now oh yeah and Mm -hmm. i've created you know little opt-ins various opt-ins for my website so like on at the end of every blog post, for like for example, my wedding blogs. Yes. You know, if I do a wedding article and I all of mine are usually informational. So it's things mm-hmm. like sharing um, your wisdom, being yeah. generous. <laughs> so here are the five best, you know, bridal um, salons in the DFW area. Mm-hmm. And I give a little description, I tag them and I link to theirs. And at the bottom it'll say something like, Download your free stress free wedding planning guide or whatever. Love it. And it's you, you set it and forget it. I mean, once it's done. Yeah. My, I go in, I check my convert kit probably a couple times a week and it's, I've always got new emails coming in yeah. because, you know, I'm not having to do anything to, to get those yeah. other than convert share kit, my I love convert kit. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the, you know, what is your wisdom you're going to share? Mm-hmm. What can bring, what brings value to your customers, to your potential customers um, that's adjacent to your business, right? Yeah. And you've just talked about the adjacencies, right? You're not giving away, you're not giving away photography, but you're giving away how do you get the best photo? We'll go get the best hair. Yep. Right. Um, those kinds of things where you can be valuable. Um, we're all looking, you know, okay. 99% of us are looking. I don't have an original thought in my head. No. Andrea. I seriously, I just, <laughs> I can identify good ideas, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I can, I'm good at what I do for my business, but the, um, we don't have to recreate the wheel, right? There's no reason. Uh, and most of us are looking for experts to tell us what to do. Give us this, t- give me five to choose from. I just, mm-hmm. oh my God, right? It's so overwhelming to find things. Yes. And the more you are helpful, the more you're giving, the more you're generous with your wisdom, the more clients you're going to have, period. Yeah. Period. Oh, so good. Thank you so much. This has been so helpful and so oh much God. incredible information. So I talking. S- no, <laughs> that's, well, I mean, it is a podcast. You have to talk. It's true. You have to talk. <laughs> you have to I talk. know, but still, oh my God, Kendra no. didn't get a word in edgewise. Oh, I don't need to talk on this. It's all you. It's all you. Well, it's, 
what I love is that you have basically just reiterated everything I've been telling the listeners. For there a long you time. go. <laughs> so you, the expert, have now backed up my statements and my claims <laughs> to them. So thank you for that. Awesome. But I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day to chat with us. And definitely we will have you back on for sure sometime in the future. So first you of all, I'll have us- to send you a little card. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still, still don't send you a little card. <laughs> my card in the mail. Well, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you, how they can follow you and learn more about you. Yeah. So, um, lots of places. Probably the best place to go is my website, www.leecarraher.com. L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R.com. You can find my agency, Double Forte, and you can find my blog there. I talk about this stuff all the time and I'm sorry you can hear my dog. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Lee Carer, at Facebook, Lee Carraher one and on Twitter at Perfect. And I will link to all of those in the show notes. So they will be able to easily just go to the show notes, click on them, and they'll find you right away. So, And I will send you that um, worksheet. Yes, thank you. And you you can put that there too, and that's yours to share. Thank you so much. We'll have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I hope you were taking notes because that seriously was like a marketing masterclass in under an hour. Lee is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise and knowledge with us. I truly believe that everything we talked about in this interview is 1000% what helped me to grow my business. I know it can help you grow your business and it's what I'm using to continue to grow both my businesses today. So I am just blown away by all of the incredible information in this episode. Again, I hope you were taking notes or make sure that you come back and listen to it when you have a chance to sit down with pen and paper and really keep track of all of the little amazing nuggets of information that she shared. All right, ladies, so this wraps up our series on healthy habits. So we've talked a lot about goal setting, healthy habits you should implement into your life and your business, how having a healthy body helps you have a healthy business. We talked about our fashion habits and how dressing to feel really good can make a difference in how we present ourselves to the world as well as how we feel about our own selves. And then, of course, all of the amazing marketing habits that we got today from Lee. And so I hope you've had a wonderful start to the new year, and I cannot wait to jump into February, and we're talking all about social media. All right, ladies, have a wonderful week. I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. If you love today's episode, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you never miss when a new episode goes live. Then head over to iTunes and leave a quick review to let other people know just how much you loved it. Thanks, ladies. See you next week.